Good to see you today. If you have your bulletin, I want to encourage you to get out your notes there. There'll be some blanks to fill in. I'm going to share this morning one of my life verses. Uh, go back to it every, I don't know, two or three years. like to kind of talk about it. And that's out of Proverbs 17:22. And let's read it together. We're going to read it out of three different translations. And so you join me as we read together. First out of the New King James, A merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. And the Amplified Bible, A happy heart is good medicine, and a joyful mind causes healing, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. And then the complete Jewish Bible, a happy heart is good medicine, but low spirits sap one strength. You know, it's good to laugh. I think laughter is a gift that God gives. I grew up in a church where I don't remember laughing a lot. I remember everything being kind of on the serious side. And I know there are a lot of serious moments, but how many of you know, I think God has a sense of humor. I really do. And learning to laugh is just such an incredible gift. Last week I mentioned the movie Bucket List, and we actually got to see it this week. Joe uh, gave us the movie, so we went and watched it last night. Brent and I watched Bucket List, about two guys who both were terminally ill, and they were going to you know, get some things done. And one of the things on their bucket list was to laugh until they cried. How many of you remember laughing until you cried? And I tell you, the gift of laughter is so amazing. I remember I was with Ron Heimer. Ron's a retired minister and been a, uh, kind of a dear friend, and we hang out. And we were at a conference a couple years ago, and he was, we got up early in the morning, and he was going to voice text his daughter. And so it's amazing on these phones now, you can speak into them, and they will text it for you, and then you can write it out. And so he was speaking into his phone, and he said something like, you know, something, how's your day going? What do you got going today? And then he read it and it said, what the blankety blank are you doing today? He goes, I didn't say that. I didn't. And he went to hit delete and he hit send. I mean, I was laughing until I cried. I mean, I was just, it was just, uh, if you know Ron, that would be like so out of his character. And I just could sit there, just, I couldn't hardly talk to him. I was just sitting on the bed just laughing. Well, this week we got a chance to go to the Missouri Baptist Convention, and I went with Bob Caldwell and Matt Dudley, all right? And so just kind of, if you know Bob and Matt, you know it's going to be anything but a boring trip. Uh, Brenda, out of wisdom, decided she wasn't going to go. And so anyway, I called Ron early Monday morning. I said, Ron, you want to go last minute? You can sleep with me. We'll hang out together. And, and he texts back. He actually left a voicemail on my, on my message, and my phone actually writes the voicemail out. You know, you have the voicemail and you have it typed out. And so this is the voicemail that he sent back. I didn't listen to the message. I read the text. He said, hey, I just appreciate the offer. Uh, I got to go down and do something today. He says, then he says something about, I got to get on something, and then a woman, we can get into something. And then, then he says, text me in a couple of hours. You really suck anyway. Talk to you and have a good time, and we'll see you when you get back. And I mean, I sat, and I just, I just could not, I just said, I can't believe he said that. Of course, I, I listened to the message, and it had none of that in there. But I did shoot this and send it to him, all right? And so I said, this was the text. 
So anyway, we got to, uh, Bob and I left here, and we went down, we stopped in Sullivan to pick up Matt, he was at his church, and so we stopped there at the Ridge Church in Sullivan, and no, no one was there but Matt, and so we knock on the door, Matt goes, man, I'm glad you guys weren't here five minutes earlier, I go, what, what, what's going on? He goes, man, there was a bee got in my shirt, a bee got in my shirt, and it went down, it actually got in my britches. A bee got in my pants and said he stung me right on my blessed assurance, right there. Stung. And he said, I'm pulling off my clothes. I was stripping down trying to get that bee. I said, I'm glad we weren't here five minutes earlier, too. But he said to Bob, he said to Bob, Bob, I read that if you can suck out the juice, it'll, it'll go heal it. Bob goes, no way, man, no way. And so anyway, we, we headed down there, and we, did, we had a great time. I, I, I want to say that our room, we had three rooms our church, and my room was joined together with Matt and Bob, and we had those open doors. But I did say to him before I went to bed, I said, nothing personal, guys, but I'm locking my side. I am not going to. And so anyway, we had a good time down there, and we had lunch one day at the uh, Hook and Ladder Pizza Place in Hollister, and so had lunch there, and we parked. It was raining that day. We parked right across the street so three uh, old guys can get across the street, and so we parked right across the street, right across the street. So we ate. It was still raining, and when we went out, Bob and I went out first. We were going to run to the car. You remember I said we were parked right there? We, so we get out and we run that way. We run that. I saw a gray car down here. I ran to that car. Bob gets on the other side. I'm on the driver's side. I put my key in, and my key isn't working. And then we hear Matt. He is just laughing. He is laughing. And so the funny part was Bob and I were both getting wet, but so was Matt. He was laughing. He was laughing. But I mean, it was just crazy. I said, you know, when you go with some older guys, you stop a lot for the bathroom, and you never know what's going to happen on a trip. But we had a good time, and God just reminded me how important the gift of laughter really is. It really is a gift to laugh. I'm so fortunate that when I was a, a youth pastor, I was able to be a youth pastor in the church that I grew up, and so I, that's always kind of an interesting scenario there. But I got a chance to go to a serendipity conference. They had an all-day Saturday event. If you've ever been to serendipity, it's kind of a small group interaction. I'd never been to it. And again, I grew up in a church where I don't remember a lot of laughter in church. But anyway, I, 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 we went to this conference, and there's about 300 people from 12 different denominations. And the first thing the guy said was, I want you to get up, and I want you to find somebody completely opposite of you. And so I got through, the, and I ended up with a Catholic priest. And so it was a Catholic priest, a Baptist youth pastor. And so we got together, and the first thing we did was play patty cake together. And we were singing some dumb song about who stole my chickens and my hens. I mean, I, it made no sense. But anyway, there we are, me and this Catholic priest. How many of you have ever played patty cake with a Catholic priest? All right. And so anyway, it got kind of funny. You, know, every, you could hear laughter all throughout the room. And then after we did a few fun things, we ended up getting with two other people, and then us four got with four more, and we ended in groups of eights for the day. But I discovered that when you laugh, you know, when you can belly laugh with someone, it just breaks down all the barriers. And then you can all of a sudden, you can begin to open up and share. And what I realized after spending six or seven hours in this conference, I knew those seven people that were in my group 98% better than I knew everybody I grew up in church with all my life. I realized that laughter is such a door 
to intimacy. That when you can really belly laugh with someone, you can open up and begin to share a little bit about your life. I'm so thankful that I was able to go to that serendipity conference because it forever changed my thinking to know that it's okay to laugh. It's okay to have a good time. God created laughter, and it really is a good medicine. The word merry literally means to rejoice exceedingly, be joyful, gladness. I mean, it just means to be happy. God wants us to experience joy. I love this passage in 1 Kings after Solomon was anointed king. The Bible says, The people played flutes and rejoiced with great joy so that the earth seemed to split with their sound. I mean, you know, when you get happy. I mean, I love to be around people that are happy. I, when I'm around Bob and Matt a lot, it seems like we're the ones that are drunk in the restaurant. I mean, they just seem to have such a crazy good time but it really is good to laugh together this is one of my favorite all-time pictures laughter is the cheapest medicine and how many of you know that when I see this picture if you've had surgery normally you don't want to laugh for at least 24 hours all right and by the way when I had my stroke Bob Caldwell stopped by to visit you don't want Bob to visit you if you're not supposed to laugh all right he, he takes no prisoner I mean he just is Bob he just shares but it is good to laugh. You know, it's amazing. The negative emotions have so many physical uh, detriment to our body. The opposite is also true, that if you can laugh, if you can have a good time, there are so many incredible benefits to laughter. I love this picture that I saw on Facebook. It says our get-along shirt. Whoever these parents are, they are amazing. I mean, I would love, how many would you love to put your, your kids in that shirt until they got along? That'd be great to have at church, wouldn't it? Two people not getting along at business meeting, come up, got to get in the get-along shirt. I mean, <laughs> they don't look like they're too excited, do they? But anyway, I thought, that's pretty funny right there. And then I got a picture of Lorna Snyder. I forgot to ask her if it was okay but Lorna came up to church last year, and she, had, she looked like a Christmas tree. These lights are going off like this, and she's just walking around, just having a great time. You know, here's what I've discovered in life. I had the privilege of starting out with children. I was a, a, a children's pastor and youth pastor. I love Art Linkletter said, children are funny because they don't know what they're saying. Adults, senior adults are funny because they don't care what they're saying. All right? <laughs> And so I love to be around senior adults, always have. I've done senior adult ministry for 35 years. It's one of the greatest groups ever. Love to have a good time. And one of my favorite all-time funny stories happened in, in uh, Silver Saints. And back when we had a, uh, what do they call a thing, a scavenger hunt. So we had a scavenger hunt, and that's when they bring all that junk. The table's full of stuff, and I would call something out. And if anybody found it, they had to hold it up above their head. And so at the very end, this couple years ago, several years ago, it was right down to where four tables could win. And how many of you know, by the way, senior adults are really competitive? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those people that are shy and timid and you look at them on Sunday, they are tigers, man, when you get involved with something. And so we got down to the end. We said, anybody could win any of these four tables. I said, we need one last item. And so I really built it up, and everybody was excited. I said, oh, I need all the men to stand. 
All the men stood. I said, this is something only the men can do. And so I, all the men are ready. They're excited. I said, I need a man's pair of pants. So they had to take it off and hold it above their head. Now, I got with Don Brockmiller ahead of time, and I gave him a pair of shorts. But his wife did not know that. Joan didn't know that. No one else knew that except me and, and, and Don. And so Don gets up. He's up. He goes, I'm going to win this. I'm going to win this. And Joan is sitting behind him, and she is with everything she has trying to hold his pants up, and he's trying to take them off. He said, no, we're going to win. We're going to win. And, I mean, he's unbuckling. She's holding on for dear life. She is Red, red, red. And I mean, everybody in there was belly laughing. And finally, he got to a point, and it was all, it took him five minutes to get his pants off, and she was pulling up, he was pushing down. He finally got to a certain point, they could see he had shorts. But I mean, everyone was laughing. And he finally got them off, held them up, and then someone said to me, well, Pastor, what would have happened if other men would have taken their pants off? I said, I would have laughed. If they're dumb enough to take their pants off, I'm going to laugh. Thank God no one else did. But anyway, seniors have a great time. They are, really are an amazing group uh, to work with. And I am one now. I'm officially, I've been one for quite a while now. So that's, that's awesome. Norm Cousins had a rare and curable disease. And he was aware of the negative emotions, and, he, and so he decided to watch a lot of candid camera reruns. And, and I've, been, I've read, I've heard many times that our negative thinking, our negative emotions cause all kinds of mental and physical problems. Well, the opposite, it would make sense, the opposite would be true. That if you can find yourself laughing, if you can find yourself thinking positive, it's going to have positive effects. So he started watching these candid camera reruns, and he discovered that 10 minutes of laughter provided two hours of pain-free sleep. Eventually, in his case, he was actually healed. Now, not everyone is healed, obviously, from laughter. But I will say this, laughter will help in 100% of the cases. It never hurts to laugh. I don't know how many people have said your attitude makes all the difference in the world when you're going through something. It's good to have a positive outlook. His particular case ended up in the New England Journal of Medicine, and he actually wrote several books on laughter. And so I don't know if they're called clean jokes, but he has a lot of different books because he found the gift of laughter was so incredibly important. So here's some physical benefits of laughter. This is what they tell us, all right? So how does, it, how does laughter help us physically? Number one, it boosts the immune system. Number two, it lowers stress. Number three, decreases pain. Number four, relaxes your muscles. And number five, prevents heart disease. By the way, it also helps burn calories. I mean, you can burn calories laughing. Mental benefits of laughter. It adds joy and zest to life. It eases anxiety and fear releases endorphins into the brain it increases memory so a lot of physical benefits a lot of uh, mental benefits but it also has some social benefits as well people that can laugh together it creates a positive outlook strengthens relationships enhances teamwork increases creativity there are just so many positive things about laughter no wonder God said a merry heart is good medicine it really is good to laugh together 
Uh, Red Skelton, who I, man, just grew up. Red Skelton, I mean, don't you love those old comedians where you didn't have to worry about what you were going to hear? It was all funny. But Red Skelton said, even in your darkest moment, you can usually find something to laugh about if you try hard enough. If I can make people laugh, then I have served my purpose for God. And he did a great job making people laugh. Abraham Lincoln said, were it not for my little jokes, I could not bear the burdens of this office. With the fearful strain that is on me night, or night and day, if I did not laugh, I should, I should die. So laughter, again, an incredible gift. Someone said, you don't stop laughing because you grow old. You grow old because you stop laughing. I hope you never, ever stop laughing. I hope you learn to find joy in life. Yakov Smirnov said, everybody laughs the same in every language because laughter is a universal connection. And someone said, don't take life so seriously, you'll never get out alive. And so learn to loosen up a little bit. Milton Berle said, laughter is an instant vacation. I love that. You know, a belly laugh will instantly just release all the stress that you're going through in life. Someone said, happy is the person who can laugh at himself. He will never cease to be amused. And by the way, the sign of a healthy self-image is when you can laugh at yourself. You know, uh, Lee Whitley, several years ago, Lee Whitley, who pastored Faith Baptist in Washington, he was from Louisiana. He was a Cajun, but he had some of the best Cajun jokes. He could reel them off one after another after another. And I, I discovered that the best Cajun jokes come from Cajuns because they can laugh at themselves. And I want to say, by the way, some of my best stories, some of my best jokes are preacher jokes. Because if you can't laugh at yourself, you got to be able to laugh at yourself and not take life too serious, all right? Because life, how many of you know life has some moments? Now, I didn't share this story in the first two services. Uh, it's about Junior Elledge. I did ask him, Junior and Vicky were in the early service, so I did ask him afterwards, all right? I said, I may share this. I didn't share it in the middle service. I forgot it. But Junior, Junior's physically blind, and so he was in the shower one day. I'm just going to tell the story as I remember it. He was in the shower. He got out of the shower, and he hollered out to Vicky, where, asked where something was. And she said, it's out in the garage. So he goes out in the garage. Now, he's blind. He goes out in the garage. Did you get the part? He just got out of the shower. And so he goes out into the garage to look for it. He can't find it. And so he's out in the garage a little bit. And he comes in and says, where is that at? She says, you didn't go out in the garage, did you? He said, well, yeah, I went out to look for it. She said, did you know the door was open? And right across the street was a widow woman. Now, that's not what the Bible means when it says, let your light shine. Amen. But oh, Junior, I mean, I love Junior. I mean, that guy has such a great sense of humor. I mean, and so again, life just seems to have those moments uh, in, in general. I love this picture, and I've shared it before, but I'm, I'm not one that's big on pictures of Jesus personally, because I don't know that we know what he looked like. But I love this, because growing up in church, I never remember seeing a picture of Jesus laughing. And I have to believe he was the happiest guy that's ever walked the planet. I think he had a good time. And boy, when I saw this picture, I said, I got to have that picture because I really believe Jesus was someone with great joy in life. 
And then there's, later I saw these pictures of Jesus interacting with children and smiling and laughing. And, and that's how I picture Jesus as being an extremely happy person that enjoyed life and found the joy of laughter. Now, I know I've shared my story, and again, as I went to Gerald as a young pastor, I mean, God would teach me many, many times about a merry heart is good medicine. And I've shared my story about my first baptism. I was my second Sunday or third Sunday at Gerald. We didn't have a baptistry at the time, so we had to borrow Leslie Church's baptistry. And so we went up there on Sunday afternoon, and I had gone through in my mind how I was going to do it, and I was walking down looking very spiritual, and I had my New Testament in my hand. And when my foot hit the bottom, it slipped, and I almost threw the Bible, and the wave began to rock there we're back and forth back and forth and I think a little bit even spilled over the glass and and I tried to catch myself how many of y'all ever pretend like nothing was wrong and I look out and there everybody is down going <laughs> everyone is laughing and so I try to get my composure I forgot what I was supposed to say I sometimes when I got to baptize Sean I said I baptize you now Eric in the name of the Father Son and Holy Spirit I used his brother's name, and he came up to me afterwards and said, do I got to get rebaptized? because you didn't use my name? I said, no, Sean, as long as it was your body, that's all God counts. I didn't know, that's what I told him. And so I was sharing with my brother, there's a lot of baptism. Now, if there's any time that should be serious, it should be baptism. That's why I know God has a sense of humor, because he lets things happen at pretty serious times. My brother said he was baptizing. He had a lady, and, and, and their bab, uh, baptistry tank was in the floor right here, so they moved the, the pulpit off. And as he was baptizing this lady, she got nervous, as many people do, and she started backpedaling. Now, those things are only so long, you know, and so he's baptized, and when he gets to put her head down, they're out of room. So he has to make, you know, in ministry, you got to make those instant decisions. He had to decide either bring her back, start over, or just shove her straight down. He had to make a decision. And so he's bringing her back. He's out of room. He decides to shove her straight down. And when he does, her head hits the back of the metal baptistry, and it goes bong. And everybody is laughing. The next day, he's in the office, and he gets a call saying, this is attorney so-and-so, I represent this woman. She's suing you and the church. And he's freaking out, you know, and then finally he goes, no, this is really deacon so-and-so. He said, he said, what I really call for, pastor, I want to see if you baptize my mother-in-law. But anyway, so anyway, he got kidded about that forever. And then I talked to another pastor, he was baptizing a lady. And he said when she's coming down in the baptistry, he thought, that looks like a wig. He said, she, she wouldn't have a wig on, not getting baptized. But she's coming down, and so she gets all set. And when he gets ready to baptize her, sure enough, her hair starts floating off. And now when her hair starts floating off, you got to make an instant decision. What are you going to do? You got to either bring her up without hair, you got to chase the hair, you got to do something. And so he's got her down, he sees the hair starting to float off, so he makes a moment decision to draw her into the hair. He's going to try to bring her into the hair. And when he brought her toward the hair, the water pushed the hair a little farther. And so, again, moment decision, he made a quick decision, brought her up. And when he brought her up, her wig was back. 
It looked like he had wrung her neck up there in Baptistry. But you know, God has to have a sense of humor. You know, at, at Gerald, we had a, a church mouse. How many of you ever had a church mouse? You've heard the Mississippi squirrel? The Mississippi squirrel has nothing on the Gerald mouse, all right? And so we never knew when that mouse was going to show up. One day, Roberta Charbonneau was playing the piano, and she's like very proper, very proper, playing very proper. And one day, she is just like all over the place. She's up and down, sliding on the seat. And I thought, man, Acts 2 all over again. We're experiencing Acts 2. I mean, she was full of the Spirit. I found out later that church mouse was underneath her piano and kept sticking his head out, and she was trying to avoid that, that mouse. And one day, one of the deacons, Richard Pierce, came up to pray up here at the front. And he had, had a suit on, came down, knelt at the altar. I mean, we're talking a holy moment right here, a holy moment. He comes and kneels down. I see everybody in this section, they are freaking out. And I, want, what in the heck? I look over, honest truth, on the back of his coat. He's kneeling down praying. That mouse is hanging on the back of his coat. <laughs> I have no idea where he picked it up. But how many of you know the invitation was over right there? But anyway, he didn't know it. I mean, he's pouring out his heart to God. That mouse is hanging on. Everyone is just going crazy. He gets up to walk back, and there goes the mouse hanging on. I don't know where the mouse went. I think I shared one time we had a Lord's Supper. And again, Lord's Supper, pretty holy moment. Pretty somber, should be a good moment. We had a couple visiting from the Assembly of God. They were an older couple, maybe close to 90. They were visiting. And so he fell asleep. Isn't it crazy that people would fall asleep on me? That's crazy. But he fell asleep. He woke up when we were passing the bread tray. So he thought it was the offering. He gets out a handful of change. He dumps it in the bread tray. And when he does, bread goes everywhere. Right behind him is Pat Pierce, the deacon's wife. She's back there going, <laughs> I mean, her pew is just shaking. And I'm trying to stand up there looking holy. And man, the, the bread's everywhere. They're trying to pick up the bread, and the wife nudges him, and she says something to him. Now, I can't normally read lips, but I could read those lips. <laughs> How many of you know the, the, the elbow? How many of you husbands have ever got the elbow? Well, she elbows him, and I could see she looked at him. And I could read her lips when she said, that's not the offering, dummy. <laughs> and man, he just looked like, I just woke up. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but isn't God awesome? God is so amazing over the journey. I could give you stories about weddings, funerals. I remember the time they had me do a funeral. It was Barb Tate's father-in-law. It was at, at Union. And I got there, I've, I've done a lot of funerals, I get there and the funeral director says to me, they want you to lead a couple songs. Now those of you that know me, I don't sing. Zero. I do do Little Cabin in the Woods and Silver Saints, that's it. But they said to me, and the funeral director said to me, all you got to do is start singing and everybody will jump in. He lied. But he gave me the two songs, and I've been around a while. He gave me these two songs. I'd never heard of either one of them. 
But luckily, I had Gene Coppage. Gene Coppage, who has played the piano since he was a little kid, grew up in church. Gene has heard every song there is to know on the piano. I went to Gene. I said, she was going to play the piano. I said, I don't know these songs. Do you know the songs? She looked at him and goes, I've never seen those songs in my life. I'm going to tell you, I actually believe when I stood up and started, I, don't, I, I was leading something. I, I don't even know. I don't know how to do this. I was just up there trying to say the words. I think at one time the guy in the casket went like this. <laughs> but you know God has to have a sense of humor. He has to. I mean, the things that, that he allows. Uh, one Sunday here, give you a couple stories here. We have these uh, sanitation bottles in the back. You know, it's always good sanitizing. I just so you guys know, about 12 times, 20 times a day, Sunday, I always am, am washing off for your benefit, for my benefit. And so one Sunday, right before I came up, Dave was just finishing the set. I was standing in the back ready to come up, and I went over one last time, a couple shots of sanitizer. And sometimes those crazy bottles get stuck. You ever notice that? And so I hit it twice real hard, and my hand was dry, and it shot straight out. I was wearing khaki pants, khaki pants, and it shot right here, right here. I mean, it was soaking with sanitizer. I had to make an instant decision. I'm trying to wave up to Dave, keep it going, keep it going. God wants you to keep going. I came up, I think the first thing I said is, let's all bow in prayer for about five minutes. You know, God has to, he could have took that plug out of that. He could have let it come straight down. Then one Sunday, we had a, a helium balloon stuck in here. Now, we made a rule, no helium balloons in church. Because what happens, kids will take them and they go up in the ceiling. You never get them down. Sure enough, we had some in the fellowship hall. Kids got one of them, came in here, and the balloon was right up there, right against the, the beam up there. And so, us guys got together, the men. We're going to either shoot it with a twenty-two. Shoot it with a pellet gun, or we can wait for God's timing. Well, we decided, ah, we'll just wait. It'll, it'll come down sometime through the week. Well, about eight or nine days later, I was right in the middle of my morning message, man, preaching Jesus, all, man, just real excited. And guess what? It was time. The balloon slowly starts coming down. Now, I think God the Father said to the Son, should we let the balloon come down? And I think the Son said, yeah. God could have kept it up there two more hours. You know he could have. But it starts floating down, and, it, and it's about 10 feet over my head, and it just stops. How many of you know that I was done that day? I mean, everyone was looking at that balloon. You know, everything was just totally different. But you know, God does have a sense of humor. And if you don't learn to laugh, really, I mean... It does so many positive things when you think about it. Again, even in the most serious moments of life, I think God wants us to laugh. And learning to laugh at yourself is really a gift from God. It really is. Here's a couple tips. First of all, figure out what makes you laugh and do it. Number two, surround yourself with happy, positive people. Number three, develop a sense of humor. I want to encourage you to belly laugh if you can this week. And when you can belly laugh with somebody again, it really is an incredible gift to be able to do that. How many of you remember Phyllis Diller? Kind of modern day prophetess. 
Phyllis said, you know, how do you make God laugh? And she said this, tell him your plans. <laughs> you know, when you plan your life without God, it's pretty funny. How many of you know that life takes so many twists and turns? We've got to include God in the middle of everything we do. I want to close with this verse right here out of Psalms. Let's read it together. Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. You know, I think God laughs when the world makes plans of what they're going to do because God holds the future. I want to encourage you, and again, one of my life verses, and sometimes I get away from it and I take life way too serious, but learning to laugh is such an incredible gift, and I hope that that becomes a part of your life, that you'll learn to laugh because there is plenty to laugh about in life. I want us to stand together if we can. I just want you to take a moment and just allow God, ask God to give you the joy of the Lord, that you would experience that joy of life. And I have a hunch that we could all trade stories for many hours about the crazy things that happen in life. Maybe you're here today and for the first time in your life just to open up your heart and receive Christ. I believe the joy that we can experience can only come through a personal relationship with Jesus. Father, fill us with your joy. God, help us to experience that a merry heart really is good medicine. I pray that we can laugh along the journey at ourselves and not to take life so serious, Lord. And so, Lord, just allow your spirit to flow through and minister life here today. I pray that we would never be the same. I pray that laughter would be a part of our life. 